It's time for another episode of your favorite fan-driven sports podcast. The Horn Brothers are all here. It's time to sound the horn. Welcome in. It is a holiday week. We have Christmas coming up at the end of the week, and we just had an exciting World Cup. We had a crazy weekend of NFL games. It's college football bowl season. I know before we said October is the best, but this might be the most wonderful time of the year. Ben, Riley, how are you guys doing? I'm doing good. I That was... Um my heart rate's finally down from that soccer game and I wasn't even really having a dog in the fight on that bad boy, but uh, it was, it was a heck of a game. So, you might want to see a doctor about that. If your heart's just now. Coming <laughs> <out>. <laughs> that's, oh, I'm a little worried there. That that seems like, something to do with my weight and everything else. That but, seems like more I mean? than just excitement over a game. That might. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. We deal with it. Man. It, so before we get to the soccer, I will just say one thing. I was Saturday. Um, I was at an AAU tournament with uh, with my son watching some basketball, which, by the way, you know, they're charging like 15 bucks a person to get in AAU tournaments these days as spectators extortion. Anyway, I bet you they charged when we played in AAU back in the day. No, maybe. I don't know. It's crazy. They charge like nuts. Hey, when That's I went to nationals, expensive. I know they did. I yeah. don't know what they charged, but I know they anyway. Did. That's beside the point. But as I'm walking through the gate, having to pay to get in to watch my own son play basketball, they're watching the Colts game. And I see that it's 33 to zero at halftime. And I'm like, dang, the Vikings. No, that's, that's disappointing. Well, uh, that changed quickly. Anyway. Then uh, Matt Ryan does what Matt Ryan does. That's Matt Matt Ryan's. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get, we'll get to that in a second. But Ben, I know like, you wanted to talk World Cup. This was kind of, it was a little bit crazy. Like Argentina goes up two goals to none. It's almost the end of the game, and then Mbappe. Like what? Like your your thoughts as you're like watching the game, reacting to all of this as you're seeing all of this go down. So Argentina absolutely dominated the first half. Like it was ridiculous how dominant that they were in the first half. Like I, I can't even begin to describe it to you. They were there on every second ball. They were faster. They were pressing nonstop. Like they were getting the ball high up on the pitch. They were at every single ball. And that kind of kept going into the second half. And then there, I don't blame Argentina, but it just seemed like they made a couple changes taking on Di Maria out. Like he got the start, which was kind of abnormal from the knockout stages. But the minute he came out in like the 65th minute, it's kind of like everything kind of changed. And then France pushed and pushed and then you get a silly penalty and then Bappe gets a PK and scores. And then 90 seconds later, he scores again. And we're like, man, what, and what just happened? What just happened? What? It was done. It was done and dusted. And then we get another, and then Messi scores late in extra time, and it's done and dusted again. And then a really dumb penalty with a handball in the box, and we're tied again. And then there's shots on goal and an amazing save by Emmy Martinez late in the game, like in the 121st minute. Like, 
kick saving a butte and then we go to pk's i mean it was just non-stop heart stop pounding action i think that what some people and i'm gonna get on my soapbox a little bit what some people don't quite understand about soccer and unless you don't really look into it, everybody wants to talk about how boring soccer is you'd rather watch paint dry r.i.p dad i miss my dad but he hated soccer and he used to talk trash on it all the time and that's where uh I think some of my family gets their uh, soccer bias, but if you sit and watch soccer, what the difference is, is it is nonstop action. You can't turn your head away for a minute because you never know what's going to happen in football. It's four seconds. And then you got a minute and a half till the next play and then four seconds and then 60 seconds to the next play. Soccer has a next level constant action that you can't turn away from. And that was one of those games that I didn't know what was going to happen. I'm really happy for Messi. I was, it was great to see him get that and how excited he was. And, you know, when he sees his mom, when he turns around, if that doesn't bring tears to your eyes, then uh, I don't know what to do for you. You might probably have a smaller heart than the Grinch when he, before his heart grew. Bring it back to Christmas. Thank, thanks. That was a that was a good, good good turnaround there. Back back to the yeah. bench there. If I if I may, like, I'm I'm a soccer fan, and during the world like during the World Cup, right? I'm not a loyal soccer fan like Ben is, but you know, international soccer I enjoy to watch, and I enjoy paying attention to more than you know, Champions League, La Liga. Um, I I don't pay attention to regular season soccer. I find that more. To me, it's boring because I'm not as in-depth a soccer fan to really care about that as much because they're playing for like they're just playing for the long haul where the World Cup's fun to watch. International soccer is fun to watch because you guys have nothing to lose. Like it is play to win every second of every match. And so that's why I, I think I agree with you there. World Cup soccer, nonstop action. Um, you get in a regular like enter like league and league soccer and all of that to me it's it gets boring i'm not going to sit and watch all the time i'll watch some playoffs or something like that but it's uh, but i i agree with you that game was had you on the edge of your seat the entire time and it was just when you thought it was over just when you thought someone was had taken over and finished it that they didn't I was watching the end of the overtime and I thought France is going to score at any second here. And they had so many opportunities and then Argentina would all of a sudden have an opportunity. And it was just, it, it kept you, kept you on the edge of your seat. You couldn't believe every second of the action. So I do also respect one of the biggest things that drives me nuts that you see teams do is they hold out their, probably their best penalty guy for like towards the end and Argentina went in and threw Messi in there and got it done right away. Like you don't get to use them later. If you don't make the penalties at the beginning, Brazil made that mistake. Like I Both just teams did. Yeah. First two PK takers were Mbappe and then and Messi. and Messi. That's the right way to do it. Like you don't get to get to those end ones. If you don't like, I know you want those guys to have the glory. They have the glory, like let them do it first. So I agree with that. I thought it was great. I I did not want Argentina to come out on top, but I am happy for Messi. Like that, that guy's, I respect him. He's had an honest career. He's amazing. One of the greatest to ever play the game. And, um, you know, good for him that he finally got that world cup, got that out of the way. Um, so kudos to him. I do want to bring back one thing Ben said in our last podcast, 
Mbappe, by the time he's done with his career, especially at least international soccer wise, world cup wise will be probably the greatest to ever step on a field. Like in the world cup, the guy's unstoppable and he does things that are just unfathomable, like incredible to watch him play soccer. Well, I will say when we last recorded two weeks ago, I believe there was one of the three of us that said that Argentina was going to win it all and that Messi was going to go out on top. I, Right, somebody said that, right? Do you guys, you guys remember? I think it was one of the three of us. The one guy that was just guessing because he has no idea either way. The one guy that was like, you know, Messi's going to make it happen, and well, Messi kind of made it happen. I will say, Julian Alvarez, that guy was. He's next level and young. Hey, Argentina is not just Messi. I think. Um. Granted, now France was missing Kareem Benzema, and there's some drama there with him and Lloris and Griezmann, and it's a whole thing with they're not a fan of Benzema. I'm not a huge fan of Benzema, but he's a really good player. They're missing Benzema. They were missing Paul Pogba, who's one of the greater players in the world, world class. So they're missing a couple guys. But I I feel, and I'm going to say something, France was held together by a great player on a good team. Messi won being a great player on a great team. There is some great young talent on that Argentinian team. And even if Messi doesn't come back in four years and play for them at the World Cup, which he says he's not, but we'll wait and see. That team has a lot of young talent that you wait and see how good they're going to be, even if he's not there. They're going to be good. There is some very, very good young talent. It was nice to see the old guys, Angel Di Maria, Messi, get some of these big moments within on Di Maria scored in the final, obviously Messi scored two goals, you know, to get the goals, but these guys, they got some young kids that are going to do some great things. Yeah. And Riley, to your point too, what you were saying before, what I like about the, about the world cup is just the urgency that goes into it. You know, it's like playoff baseball, you know, like Ben, you were talking about like, People say baseball is boring, but then you watch playoff baseball and you're like, okay, this is different because like the intensity of every pitch, the intensity of every moment, like they just, there's a lot more urgency. There's just a higher level of intensity. Everything's there. Yeah. They, they just, the focus is there and you don't get that. I've tried watching club soccer and I'm with you, Riley. I'm like this, it's hard to get into. It's, it's a little bit um, boring for me to watch. One thing that I always think is interesting and watching and watching soccer right and especially if i'm as you're doing this on the international level i love like seeing the uniforms and what the different teams wear and there's so much history and tradition and like patriotism that goes into the uniforms that they're wearing but then it's it's always inter- funny to me then the goalie is like i'm not wearing that like no i'm not i'm i'm, I'm gonna like what are you gonna wear oh blue like you know, like, like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to wear that. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to wear something different. You know, I don't, it's just, it's, it's funny to me how the, the goalies are just like, oh, we'll wear something completely, completely different. I get why they do it, but it, it is funny. I was going to say they have to, like, they can't wear the same. It's a thing. The one that got me was fun. when Argentina rolled out there in purple uniforms. Like, what? Yeah. What's with the purple? I yeah, didn't it's get just that. like. It's it's a thing even in every sport you're talking about. I know. I mean, it was we just, can it was sit just like weird. a baseball, basketball, football, like 
why are the Red Sox wearing yellow and blue? You know, I mean, like, but but they could be like still like with the color scheme of the team, but they're like, no, something completely abstract. Like, I'm gonna go all pink today. Like, okay, okay, like not not it. all of them. If but we want to go back into, way. if we want to bring it back to uh, the old school, what are we? Fashion police, sound the horn, sports fashion police. I think that the U.S. might have had some of the ugliest uniforms at the World Cup. Those whites that they had with the with the patch in the middle and the weird blue thing at the top they they were they were not attractive kits. The problem is the U.S. is like is like the University of Oregon when it comes to uniforms and soccer. You know, like like Argentina is classic. You don't mess with it. You know, like Croatia with the checkerboard. Like you got so many just like classic, distinguished the uniforms. With the yellow and the blue and the yeah, I mean, it, the Netherlands with the orange, and then the U.S. is still trying to figure it out. You know, like like let's let's mess right, around like, and try to see who they we have. Are. Great color scheme, obviously. They we we have a great color scheme: red, white, blue. Like. It doesn't mess. Like, look what France does. I love France's unis with the red socks and the and the white pants and the blue shirt, like rolling around. Like, it's like Le looks bleu? great. Les bleus, like they look sharp and amazing. And the U.S. just looks like I don't know. Like, bring back the old denim from 1994. That'd be better than what we had this time. Like, give me some of I- those giant stars from like 98, 2002. Like, I don't know. It just. I like they the were, red and white stripes from 2010, you know, like, like, that, I, cool. I like that. Yeah. One. yeah, it was a fail this year. It was a fail. That's all I'm going to yeah. say. The kits were a fail from the U.S. this year. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, though, World Cup was fun, exciting. It's good to watch. And it ended on a high note. And I mean, so I don't know soccer, but I will say, is there any player more distinguished than Messi, like, would you say at this point, Messi is now the greatest of all time? Riley's going to go with Pele because he's he's Brazil. Because it's yeah, just Brazilian true. Homer. Go then, tell me why. Pele is the greatest. He revolutionized the game. Like he changed the game of soccer. He led Brazil to victory. Like, and he did it in a time when there was, you know, it was shorter careers. It was harder to continue on for as long as he did Pele is the greatest that's ever done it like okay Messi revolutionized the game at a different level never have you do you see a number nine that's a shorter kid the kid like if, okay so if you if if you have Peacock go watch a documentary it's called Messi and it was from like 2015 so it's a little older but it talks about his younger days the kid had to take growth hormones you know, he wasn't growing. He had a problem and, and he had the growth hormones and his family couldn't afford it anymore. And so Barcelona stepped in and they were paying for his treatments, but he had to go out to Academy at 13 and his whole family moved into Spain. And it's an amazing story, but the guy does things on the pitch that are next level. And the one thing that I will always give him over Neymar. And the reason I have as very little respect for Neymar, Neymar is a whiny baby. And we saw it at the World Cup four years ago. We saw it a little bit at this World Cup. Falls on the ground, hurting, crying, being a baby. Messi, go back and look at highlights. The dude's got bruises on his legs, and he's still sprinting and running. He's fast. He turns. His vision, it's like he's got two sets of extra eyes. He's won seven Ballon d'Ors, like a World Cup, three three or four Champions League titles, unknowable amount of La Liga titles, like – He's won every trophy that you can imagine. He's won. He is literally the only player to ever win 
the Ballon d'Or, the Golden Ball in the World Cup twice and win a trophy. He's won it twice. He's the only man to ever win it twice, and he's won it twice. Like, Messi is the next level. He's the GOAT. And not only that, he's an amazingly good person. And I also got to give him a little extra credit because he totally shunned Salt Bay on the field. Salt Bay's out there trying to sell, celebrate with everybody and being weird and gets his little thing. And Messi's like, I don't know you, dude. Move on. You ain't nobody. It was pretty funny. It made me laugh. That's just extra antidote. Messi or Maradona? If you're, if you're on just Argentina. That's not like Messi, obviously. Yeah, it's Messi. I, it like- was probably Maradona. This probably is the one that puts it over the top. It's close, but I would say it's it's definitely messy. Maradona did some amazing things too. Like I know Riley's kind of anti Maradona, but Maradona was a great Maradona was a great soccer player. Other problems that come along with Maradona. Maradona was a great soccer player. Maradona was not the person. If you want to be the goat, like there's part of it is being the person right part of the reason why you you respect Messi so much is because of the person that he is right that's part of the reason we, people hate like Neymar Messi. so much is because of the person that he is like even that's Brazil like Messi over Ronaldo even Brazil to back to that mocks. Messi's over right. Ronaldo all day Messi because... is the greatest player of his generation without a doubt like I just I just think that Pele still tops him interesting yeah no I, I'm you're talking about the person. I, I mean, MJ's not the greatest person. Like we we know that, right? Like MJ's kind of he's he's kind of a jerk. He's not, he's not a very nice yeah. guy. Yeah, you know. But like, it doesn't yeah. hurt him at all. You know. Um, I don't think he's he's not as reckless as Maradona was. He he didn't he didn't have the the. But I mean, Mar- Maradona was a coke addict. Like, like let's yeah. be honest. Like that's right. a real thing. Like. And he didn't win oh, the right, and, and Jordan the was, right a, ways, like, was an addict to gambling and drinking and partying and lots of lots of different things, lots of vices. I mean, you look at it though, because like, you also just have this Messi versus Ronaldo, and I think that's kind of put to bed at this point, right? Ronaldo Ronaldo's a, a better athlete, like physical specimen, but Messi's a, a winner, a more of a winner than what Ronaldo's ever been, right? Like, so we, we could put that argument to bed at this point. He's a better teammate. He's a better winner. He's a better overall player than, than Ronaldo all day long. Just, just don't trust his dad with your finances. Pure striker? You might go to prison. Level. Pure striker is different, but uh, Messi, we'll, we'll ignore the tax thing and all that, whatever. That's a whole thing. But, uh, you know, Messi's definitely the better guy, better teammate, better player, better soccer player than, than Ronaldo, for sure. And that showed this World Cup. I mean, one guy got benched because mostly of his attitude and all this stuff, and Ronaldo's that level of player in the world, and he has one offer right now after and, he basically got fired by Man United, and he's got one offer to go play in Saudi Arabia. Like, that tells you, granted, it's a ton of money, but and that tells you the type of person he is. Port- Portugal might have gotten better without him on the field. And I don't think you would ever say that about any team with Messi if you want to argue between those two. I think you could say this with certain basketball players, though, too, like where or or even football players. Right. Like like if you talk about like Odell Beckham when he's on the field, like you have to figure out a way to try to get him the ball. Right. Like they they almost have like this gravitational pull to them as as these star players that like you have to do something to accommodate them. And I think that's the thing with Ronaldo. Everybody else was trying, trying to figure out how do we get Ronaldo involved in the game as opposed to just 
playing the game, taking what the defense gives you, and it can hurt a team at a certain point, especially when they're not producing, right? And so I think that's why a lot of the club teams are apprehensive to make a move on Ronaldo because is he worth the extra baggage that he's bringing or the disruption to the chemistry of the team that he's going to be because you have to figure out how do we get Ronaldo involved in the game? Like, you know, and you don't have to worry about that when he's not there. You don't have to worry about that with Messi. He's just going to go get involved in the game. And then when he gets involved, because he's a playmaker, he's going to get everybody else involved as well. Like, you know, Messi over Mbappe in this World Cup. And part of that is just comes from the assists too. Like some of the assists that Messi has are our next level. And even if it's not an assist, his playmaking opportunities and chances created, like he's just next level. I think going back to the, like thinking about this with the NBA, it's like Kevin Durant decided to go with Kyrie Irving instead of Steph Curry, you know, where Steph Curry's a lot more messy. Ronaldo's a lot more Kyrie Irving, right? <laughs> like, like who's going, who's going to work with you, you know, flashy highlights, but not just great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pure. Great. Yep. Yeah. No. All right. Thanks for dealing with us guys. I promise we won't talk soccer for like another three years, but appreciate wrong. you all like wrong we got the women's world us. cup coming up this summer okay ben nobody cares about the women's world cup let's be let's get real anyways the u.s hey the u.s wins in the women's USA, world cup. usa i once USA. i once watched a women's world cup game where the goalie was like a little too far out they kicked a high one that was coming towards her she tried to backpedal to stop it trips over her own feet falls down on the ground and the ball bounces over her body into the goal yeah but and that, that exact stuff in men's that exact moment too. i was like Please, like I've seen a men's soccer guy try to goalie try to kick the ball and miss and it goes in the net. Not, like, not in the World Cup. Right, right. Hey, just upset remember, because these girls would run circles around him. I know well, you're and, young and you don't remember, but in 2010, the U.S. played England. The last time they played England in the World Cup, and the England keeper got a ball that was rolling to him and it bounced off his hand and into the net in the World Cup. Yes, that happens. Just saying. Yeah. Well, besides that, like we had mentioned before, there were also some crazy NFL games. And so if you didn't see, we had already mentioned the Colts losing after being up 33 to zero, which is, I mean, the Jeff Saturday thing's not working, right? Like you can't just come in and never coach anything before and be a head coach in the NFL. Like that's probably not a good idea. Um, But then you have the Patriots and Ben, I thought of you like this was the funniest loss I've ever seen. Like you're like tie ball game. Let's lateral the ball, throw it to the other team and let them run back for a touchdown to end the game, you know, but then, or then you've got the Cowboys are like, we really want to get into the division and what are we going to do? I will throw a pick six in overtime and just Dallas Cowboys this up. And while we're still in the playoffs now have zero shot at the, at the division title at this point, like, if you're a fan of one of these teams, like which loss is worse? Like if you're the Colts, the Patriots or the Cowboys, which one is, is more painful? Which what's the worst loss of those three? Ben, you're a Patriots fan. So you're probably biased here a little bit. Yeah. Well, and I got my reasons, but it's gotta be the Patriots loss. There's the Colts loss. Yes. Is embarrassing. You're up 33 to nothing and you lose. It's embarrassing. But they're expected to lose anyway, right? But they're not in the playoffs. They're not a playoff contender. They're not there. The Cowboys, yes, they lost. But some of that's on your defense. I'm sorry you can't give up 40 points to 
Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars. Like you want to be a top level Super Bowl level team, you can't be giving up 40 points to the Jaguars. It's embarrassing, it's frustrating, but I think that you know they're still in the playoffs, they're gonna make the playoffs in the NFC. The Patriots, and maybe it's just for me too, but not only do they now not in the playoffs, and it's gonna be very hard. They have a tough schedule down the stretch, they're not gonna make the playoffs. I don't know that they really deserve it, anyways. They're not that good, but it's it hurts to watch. There was a very questionable review play on a touchdown that tied the game late, late in the game that I'm like, what's the point of review if you're going to see the guy step on the sidelines, catching the ball, and then just, eh, it's still a catch because we want to call it that way. You're trying to make up for the tuck rule or something from 20 years Always ago. Blame think, the is is. Always no, 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 blame the officials. And then, and then you make this bonehead lateral thing and whatever else it is. And then on top of that, I got about 10 people I work with that are Raiders fans that now I have to go and listen to them. And I got text messages and I got to deal with all that garbage. And, you know, it just, it, it was definitely one that, um, you know, it's not the Red Sox and Aaron Boone losing to the Yankees, but it's, it's there. It's close. I mean, I'm probably going to have to agree that, it hurts for the Patriots more because they're still kind of like they're in playoff contention. Cowboys are probably still going to make the playoffs. I mean, they're clinched. Not only are they, yeah, probably, yeah, they're, they're in they're the playoffs, clinched. Yes. but they, they're, they were probably not going to win their division. The Eagles are like having a ridiculous year and that was going to be a hard feat for them. Anyways, they're, they're chasing, you know, the number one team in the NFL, but the, the, and the Colts, I mean, as you talk about, talk about embarrassing losses, you were up 33 nothing in an NFL football. Like, there's no point where a team should lose some kind of lead like that. That's just – and the fact that, like, you know who it hurts the worst for in all of these, the person that hurts the worst from this is probably Matt Ryan because – all anyone can talk about is how he has the worst loss in NFL Super Bowl history and now the worst loss in NFL regular season history, like as far as comeback loss. So it's, that hurts that guy right there. But 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 if the Colts clearly are tanking, right? Like like they're clearly tanking and trying to get so like, does it really hurt that? It doesn't it doesn't really hurt the Colts. It's just an embarrassing loss, right? Like it's it's super embarrassing. That's <laughs> it's sure. just embarrassing. I think the one that hurts the worst is the Patriots. Like Cowboys are going to be okay. They were they're in the same spot they were going to be in. Like I don't think that changes for them. It hurts the Patriots. Matt Ryan just got benched for Nick Foles. Like that's going to solve their problems. Like <laughs> yeah. Oh, this should go back hey, to Sam Ellinger because that was Nick really Foles good. is a Super Bowl champion. Matt Ryan can do that. <laughs> he beat the Patriots Nick, too. Nick Foles beat Tom Brady. Matt Ryan. Can do it. <laughs> See, the thing is, okay. The Patriots loss is embarrassing. What's more embarrassing is how the Patriots have handled this season, thinking that we can just roll out a defensive coordinator and just be like, all right, you two guys, two, two defensive guys, a defensive coordinator and a special teams guy. be like, yep, go run the offense. It'll be fine. And like, that's clearly not working. And then in the press conference, when you're like, Hey, Bill Belichick, if you're trying to go for the win, why don't you just throw a Hail Mary? And then he's like, Oh, uh, Mac Jones can't throw the ball 55 yards. And then Mac Jones is like, uh, I can throw the ball 55 yards. Like, like the whole coaching scenario, like 
we want to act like like Bill Belichick is this coaching genius. And I think he's gotten a little full of himself, like where he thinks that I can just do whatever the heck I want and it's and it's going to work. And I think it did when he had Tom Brady as his quarterback. And now, like he's being exposed a little bit, you know. Like, I don't think that they called for that lateral. I, I feel like well, I don't that, think they did either. But I think it, that but, they ran the ball and they were going to play for overtime. And Stevenson got like twenty five yards, and he's like, "Oh, I can see the end zone." And he thought he's going to try to lateral it, and then I. What's his name? Random receiver wants to try to throw it the, across the field. The second one, but, but was don't what you was talk really to the bad. offensive? Like, don't turn the ball over. Like, whatever you do, like the, if you weren't going to go for the end zone, then just take a knee. Like, yeah, I mean, why are was, you even running the ball? That's the annexation of Puerto Rico, right there from Little Giants. You know, like they're trying to do that. It's not going to work. Like, there's it was it was just bad all around. It was they. They were bad in the first half. They came out and dominated the second half, give up a late touchdown, which was annoying. And like I said, I talked about that and the, the call and whatever, and it, it goes all way. And then you do that. Like, and then Mac Jones is just falling down. Like, please Chandler Jones. Don't hurt me. Like like a little baby in the fetal position. And then he's like reaching at his calves or something like I let's, Let's be real, though, like 90% of NFL quarterbacks are doing that exact same thing. Oh, probably 98% of them. Like, <laughs> like, like Brett Favre might have been the only person trying to take that guy on in that moment. Uh, ba- Baker Mayfield would have been. Baker Mayfield, <laughs> yeah. Like, well, did, did they forget the cha- they traded Chandler Jones like a long time ago? It was like they were like, oh, he's not on our team anymore. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Shoot, I thought we put him in on offense this play. Oh. No, he it plays was, for the other team. It was not a good. It was dumb. Yeah, it was like little league football, backyard football thing that you know. What is it? Five hundred dead or alive? You know, and you're throwing <laughs> the ball or like it just was whatever. I don't even know. Like, yeah, I just thought it was funny. I'm, I'm like, this is probably the weirdest ending to a game ever. So, oh yeah, it probably was. Yeah, yeah. Well, we have just a little bit more of the NFL season coming up, and fantasy football almost over. We're neither one of us made the playoffs, but so we will shout out though. In a couple of weeks, we've got uh, four teams that are in our fantasy playoffs. So we got Derek Akerson, Greg Koenig. Um, Try to remember who are the, who are the other uh, two? Andrew right? made it right. No. Yep. Andrew Brown uh, is in the playoffs and then milkman. Is that? Oh, that's uh, Mike, that's Michael Perazzo. Yep. Yeah. So Good luck to you four. We'll we'll kind of share who's who's the winner here. Um, looking like it might be Derek and Greg in the finals. So we'll see how it goes this last week of of the playoffs. We do, we do but two thanks week, for everyone that's played two week semis and two week finals. So, <clears throat> yep. So so we'll see what happens there. Um, with this coming up though, we do have we do have Christmas on Sunday, and Christmas is on a Sunday, which means we get football on Christmas. But Christmas Day has traditionally been a basketball day where you get to watch a little bit of NBA. Like what, if, if you were to like pick a sport for Christmas, are you going football or basketball? Um, if I'm going to be honest with you. I don't watch much of any sports on Christmas day. Like if there's football on, I'm probably going to be watching football, but like, I like to watch the NBA. I like to watch the jazz. I watch it a little bit passively. But on Christmas Day, like I'm finding so many other things to do on Christmas Day that I'm just not paying attention to the sports as much. It's not like Thanksgiving where that's like a staple of my day, right? Like it's I mean, I I'll watch the football games and I'll probably watch a little bit of the basketball games, but 
it's not going to be the uh it's never been a staple of my christmas day to be watching the sports unfortunately that's to me christmas isn't like a sport day like you think of so many other things are you know like new year's day is a football day like you know there's just certain things about it christmas is like i I agree with riley christmas is family christmas is for christmas story on tbs and it's for you know christmas vacation and for eating food and sitting around doing nothing and building toys and whatever else but i don't never been one big into watching basketball i know dan me you're bigger into the nba so it's you i've never been big into it just isn't something that hits to me on christmas day there's a lot of other things going on see i think christmas though i think of i think of basketball not just for like the M, not for nba necessarily but it always seemed like our dad would always find a way to take us to a gym on Christmas, right? Like, like we'd either get like a new basketball, we'd get basketball shoes, like something to where we were always, we would like go find some way to go play basketball on Christmas. That's what I think of with Christmas is, uh, you know, like Thanksgiving, you get your Turkey bowls, but I think Christmas day, like there's some pickup basketball going on. Well, and then even playing high school basketball, I a couple of times would go and have practice because we'd have a tournament it started, you know, because it's Christmas break and the tournament probably started the 26th or the 27th. And so we would have practice even on Christmas Day sometimes like, um, you know, so, yes, I get it. It is basketball time. And I I do think of basketball as long as the NBA doesn't wear those ugly sweater Christmas jerseys again anymore, like ever in the history of ever. Those were terrible. Terrible. Uh, terrible. Awesome. Hey, you can oh, never have enough ugly Christmas. Sweater. I would say I, I think know. it's that's... an awesome idea. Maybe some bad execution, but that's it was an awesome very idea. poor execution. That's an awesome idea. Come on, like, well, I... hey, don't get me wrong. I'm down with ugly Christmas sweater stuff. I was thinking about buying an ugly Christmas sweater suit this year. You know, you. Can oh, get... I would. I do want one of those suits. Those yeah, you know, well, I, I already, I already have a suit. I have the light up suit. I'd have to. Yes. Well, maybe I'll have to show you all sometime. Ooh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dan, Danny, can I say that one of my favorite Christmas sports um, moments in our life? I don't know if you remember this, but it was the year we got the ping pong table, and uh, you and I were playing ping pong, and when I. Cade's toys was on the ground in the rec room there right next to the sliding glass door and Jesse attempted to hurdle said toy that is one of the greatest through, moments of all through time. the door and the door was closed and she hit it like a cartoon character and slid down as she went it was and pretty great. I thought I was gonna die at that moment of laughter it's that's the best TV or that's the best Christmas sporting event that has ever happened right I mean <laughs> it's <laughs> It's pretty good. Second to that, though, is dad and I playing on that ping pong table and I hit a really good curving shot and he went diving for it. And there's a window right there and broke the window and luckily did not fall you know, luckily, out of the rec room. Yeah, luckily ground. it was a double pane window. So he only broke one pane. The second pane saved his life. Anyway, if you wonder why we are competitive... That's a story that like helps helps summarize our childhood right there. Right. I mean, it's not like we ever were, you know, had competitions or little things all the time. Like, you know, people still, I still, one of the thing models I live by is if you're not willing to lose every friend you have over a board game, then you're not playing hard enough. You know, I mean, you play, I mentioned, the game. I mentioned play to win the game. I mentioned that in a work meeting today, like, what do you guys do as family? And like, you know, we play Monopoly and someone ends up throwing the board at somebody and they thought I had issues, but you know, <laughs> no, I don't know. Like, totally like normal. Uh, that's, 
That's I mean, that's I may or may normal. not have accused Danny of somehow reprogramming in the Nintendo <laughs> to win because he beat me. You know, I mean, I'm not saying I did that, but I think that I did that. Yeah, uh, many times because I may have uh, definitely you could, done that. You could not beat me at any. Uh, Ooh, now that's where the trash talk is coming. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, last last thing to think about though, major news in Major League Baseball. I know it's the off season, but there's it's been an interesting off season for Major League Baseball. Carlos Correa, he signed with the Giants, but then he didn't sign with the Giants because there's some sort of issue with the physical. Giants backed out, and the Mets come in. Well, now, granted, the Mets already signed Francisco Lindor to a ten year, three hundred forty one million dollar contract, but they're like, you know what? We're going to give 12 years to another shortstop, bring him in on the team after we've already dedicated a crap ton of money to two old guys in Scherzer and Verlander thinking that that's going to work. And we threw money at Edwin Diaz and Nimmo and a whole bunch of other guys. What's going on with the Mets? Like what's going on in New York? I don't know. Are they selling drugs or something? How do they have all this money? Like <laughs> uh, Steve you know Cohen's loaded. I guess obviously like, it, it reminds me, you know what I was thinking about? Like when I, I thought about the Lindor thing, I'm like, and in a last minute back out of a deal and then going to New York and having to move from short to third. Is, is this ringing any bells for anybody? Uh, A-Rod. A-Rod. You know, it was a thing. He was going to be in Boston. He was going to be the shortstop, blah, blah, blah. They were going to get rid of Nomar and all this weird, all this stuff. And then it backs out at the last minute. And then he goes to New York to the Yankees and has to move to third because they already have this shortstop by the name of Jeter or something. Some guy like that. I don't know. He's uh, it's, it's interesting. Who, who was Alex Rodriguez's agent? Oh, that guy was uh, Scott Boris. Oh, yeah, yeah. And oh, who oh, yeah. Carlos, Carlos, Carlos Correa? Correa? Oh, Scott Boris. Oh, oh, oh. Hmm. This is very coincidental, I think. And, and, and you know, as, as a Red Sox fan, that may have been the greatest. And so for you Giants fans, that's nobody on this show. But for you Giants fans out there listening, this may be your turning point again because that was the greatest thing to ever happen to the Red Sox was for them to not get A-Rod, for him to go to the Yankees. The Yankees suffered for it for years. They did win one World Series title. I'll give it that. But it didn't work out very well for the Yankees for decades, two decades See almost. See, if I'm a fan of any of these Major League Baseball teams, I do not want these 10-year, like 9-year, 10-year, 13-year contracts. The Giants are ready to give them 13. 12 years. The Giants are ready to give 13. I mean, because even these guys that you think are surefire, look at how it worked. Like, Pujols, that was a disaster. A-Rod, that was a disaster. Like, Josh Hamilton, that was a disaster. The back end of these contracts are terrible. Like I'm really glad the Dodgers didn't go overpay for Trey Turner, overpay for Correa, overpay for, you know, like the Xander Bogart's contract is ridiculous. The Mets, if I'm their GM, this is, this is, I mean, hell, right? Like you, what are you going to do? You you're sitting here. Like you have no, you have no flexibility. You have zero roster flexibility for the next next decade because you've dedicated all of this money to a couple of guys who are in their prime right now, but they're going to keep getting worse with contracts. You're not going to be able to unload You're you're starting pitching. You've only got it for two years and you got to figure out what you're going to do. Like you have zero flexibility to do anything. 90, like, you have an impossible play, job. 98% of guys that play major league baseball never play 13 years. 
Like, and you're going to give a guy a contract that's already played for seven years, eight years, you're going to give him another 13 years. Like we're talking about Mm -hmm. Tom Brady, 22. What in the world are you doing? It doesn't even make any sense. Like it, baseball has gotten so off the rocker. And I thought after the initial A-Rod with the Rangers and then the Yankees re-sign him and it doesn't work out. Like I thought maybe we'd like come to senses and we're getting more and more ridiculous. I think like even the Red Sox with Trevor story, like I'm glad they didn't give the money to Xander and yes, they're going to have to pay Devers and I'm okay with that. Devers is still young enough, but they went and bought out story for, yeah, it may only be seven years, but he's not, he's on the downhill of his career. Like what, why, why are we doing this? Like, I, I don't understand like where this is coming from. Like yeah. when's somebody going to get smart? It's, it's too much. The, the, other, the crazy thing is the Mets, like everyone's talked about, you know, the Dodgers and the Yankees and their payroll and like the Dodgers and their payroll. And this year, I, I kind of like the fact that the Dodgers are kind of just letting some money go away. Right. And they're like, let's get under the luxury tax, kind of reset our luxury tax. And the Mets are like, no, nah, we're going to break a record. We're going to have the highest payroll ever in existence, like pushing half, half a billion dollars. Like it's just, just insane to me. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it when I saw that, but part of me, like as the Dodgers fan and just total hatred of the giants loves to see like my giants fan friends. I said it slower that time. So I didn't tongue twist it, Danny, my giants fan friends all like kind of crying on the fact that he left, but I mean, in one way, it's good for them because they got themselves out of that nightmare contract, but everyone's going to get into these nightmare contracts at this point. Like, I think the Giants lost out on a guy. It's hard to admit as a Dodgers fan that Carlos Correa would have really been good for their their franchise. But you think about the fact of the psychological effect that plays on Dodgers because the Dodgers just have like fans in general have hatred for Carlos Correa, right? But he's like, he's a good franchise, like kind of guy helps would help in your clubhouse would be a good, like they, they lost that at the giants when Buster Posey left, like they don't have that. I think he could have been a guy that could have taken that place for him. And now they lost out on that and they're stuck with empty handed again. And it seems to be the giants MO the last however many years, they just never can quite finish the deals that they need. You know who has, has spent money? Don't get me wrong. They spent money, but they haven't gotten locked into some of these ridiculously crazy deals. And they are a really good team as the Phillies. They have a lot of mm-hmm. talent, but they do two, three year. You forget about that Bryce, that Bryce outside Harper of Bryce Harper, who probably is one of the greatest players in baseball, like all the time outside well, of yeah, Bryce but, Harper. But now that trade, a lot Turner of it is though. two, three years, two, three years. Like they have a lot of other good t- players. Yeah, you're right. They did do Trey Turner. I don't, it's just, I don't think it's as big. I think that I disagree with Riley. I don't think we have to get into these giant contracts. They don't, nobody, you don't have to get into these giant contracts. Somebody's they're breaking the mold. A lot of teams are breaking the mold and doing good. Like I don't, who has Houston rolled out the Brinks truck for ever? Nobody, ever. nobody. I mean, they, uh, they've locked Altuve up for a little bit, but he, it's not a ridiculous contract though. You know, well, they, they let Correa walk. Not- Altuve they let Springer go worth that right? kind of money. They just keep yeah. reloading. You know, it, like if, if I'm a fan of a team, I do not want to get into free agency because it, they, they do not work out. Like it, no, it does not wanna, work out you, the way you, you want can it to lock up a franchise player. Like I'm okay with you locking up a, a trout. 
with you locking up the Red Sox. But how's that working out for the Angels? Well, that's 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 manager. That's, you can't blame it on a child. Well, awesome he's he's talent. been injured though. Is what they I'm saying. Of, I get it. But you lock up a franchise guy and you reward him for what he does. You lock up a Devers. You lock up a Mookie Betts. You lock up a Jose Altuve for what he's done for the Astros. You lock up Bryce Harper. You lock up some of these guys. You lock up one. But you don't need to go out there and spend this $350 million for 90 years and you're paying Bobby Bonilla. You think the Mets would learn after they're still paying Bobby Bonilla <laughs> once a year. Like... I, I love Bobby Riley. Bonilla Riley's day. never even watched Bobby Bonilla play. He wasn't old enough to ever see Bobby Bonilla play. But Bobby, well, all he knows about Bobby Bonilla is he's still getting paid to play Like you know, I mean, like that's where we're at. Like you think they'd have learned, but whatever. I I would also say, like you look at the success of teams. Um, free agency usually is not what goes and wins a team a World Series, right? Like. Sometimes you go and you get that right piece, but look at the Astros, look at the, even look at the Dodgers. Yeah. The Dodgers go and pick up guys, but they bring a lot of guys through their farm system, right? Like when, when you're bringing up those young guys, usually that's the spark that gives them what they need to have that success later on is, is bringing guys up through. Okay. So I'm going to disagree with you. If you want to use the Dodgers as an example, yes, they've brought big talent, some talent through the farm system, but the time they get over the top is the time they go and buy Mookie Betts. They go and buy Max Scherzer. I mean, they go and Max Scherzer didn't get him over the top. They they didn't get over the top of Scherzer. Mookie Betts is about the only one that really kind of helped. And that was a trade. That was a free agency. Right. Free agency hasn't done it for the Dodgers. After the trade. Right after the trade, but, but I'm saying I, I will say when when the Dodgers when the Dodgers started going after big names like when we went Trevor Bauer when we went Max Scherzer when you started doing it's, all this it's been counterproductive. They've gone downhill. I liked it better when they were looking for who were the bargain pieces, finding the Justin Turners that wasn't a fit elsewhere, and you turn them into the a Chris star. Taylor's, finding Chris the, Taylor's, yep, yep, Max Taking, Muncy. Yeah, Cody Bellinger, who wasn't really a highly touted prospect, you develop him into something. Like, the, we need to get back to a little bit more of that. That's where Andrew Friedman is dangerous. That's what he did with the blue, with the with the with the Rays, and then they got intoxicated with all the money here. Like, I, it's interesting because well, you look at this. You got to balance a little bit though, because like I think of the Red you, Sox. You need players. I look, players. At, I look players. at what the Red Sox could have right now if they had signed some guys. You know, I mean, you're looking at. You know, J.D. Martinez is whatever, but I mean, we're talking Mookie. We're talking obviously X-Man, who could be in the lineup right now. We're talking Andrew Benintendi. We're talking um, Kyle Schwarber, who they didn't lock up. You know, I mean, sometimes you have to lock guys up. Like, look what Schwarber was this year for the Phillies. Like, how that's a great deal for the Phillies. Like, lock up some guys once in a while. You got to You can't always try to go for the rebuild. Like well, once in a while, but I think like you're going to have, uh, if you're, I mean, look at the Cubs, right? Like they, where we had, you had Chris Bryant, you had Schwarber, you had Javi, you had Rizzo, like you had all these guys on the same team, but you've got a short window, right? Like there's no weight load with the Red Sox, with all these guys that you're talking about, you've got a window and you're not going to be able to keep all of them. It's not feasible. Right. So what are you doing in your system to help, develop the next guy so that you can lock up one or two, right? Cause you're not going to be able to. So like, if you're going to rebuild around Devers, what are you doing to, to create 
another ecosystem where you can bring in a couple stars for a couple of years, but you're not going to be able to do that long term. It's just not it's not sustainable. Yeah, you, can't, you can't let you but you can't let guys walk either. If you want to build that way, you can't <clears> let them walk. They didn't let Mookie walk, well, but they let Schwarber walk. They let Xander walk. They let like if you're not gonna I think walk you gotta them up, you, you've gotta let some guys walk. Yeah, you gotta let some guys if walk. If you let them walk, you trade and you get something out of it if you're not gonna resign them. If you're not, I don't know, the know Astros let gonna, the Astros let Springer you know and Correa let, walk and it didn't If you hurt know them you're at not all. gonna sign Xander, then go get something for him. Like they did with Mookie. And it's not the greatest trade in the world, but they got something. I mean, uh, Houston, Houston's let guys walk and they're doing just fine. Depends on what you got. And it depends on your front office and your scouting report team, like what they're getting into minor leagues and what you're developing and your minor yeah. league coaches. I mean, it goes into a lot more than that too, that we're not getting into. Like you can have success coming from the minors, but that depends on a lot of other factors as well. Like sometimes teams but, don't so, have that. So as you're looking at this though, okay. Like, Two big clubs that went, have gone all in on this the offseason that are that are really winning the free agency market. You got San Diego and you've got New York. Like which team is gonna ha- is gonna go deeper in the playoffs? San Diego's got more talent. San Diego's got a better all around team. I mean, they get they get Tatis back this year. That's almost and, like and they're gonna put like in the itself. And you got Xander and you got Machado and you got good pitching staff. And I would, if I I would be, I'd be way happier and a younger team. The Mets not only, you know, went and spent a lot of money on old dudes, Mm -hmm. like not young guys, not guys in their prime. You can't tell me Verlander's in his prime, no matter what you say. He may be good, but he ain't in his prime. Yeah, I would, I mean, I'm probably more afraid of the Padres. Like I, they just have power and they've got, like Ben said, they've got all the pieces really. And so that's, what's a little more scary. It's not just a couple of like huge pieces or it's, you know, I think they've done better at maybe spending their money wise, more wisely. Has anybody done anything in the AL that's going to threaten Houston at this point? The Yankees weren't bad last year. Yeah, don't, I mean don't, the Yankees are on the Yankees. Like they're not going downhill. The Yankees are going to be. The Yankees are going to be good. The Red Sox. Are I not. think. I just don't know if they have the pitching right. Um, Cortez. Cortez was a was a surprise. He's been good. Um, Does he stay? He's still got Garrett Cole, but I don't know. It just seems like Houston. Houston figures out a way to utilize their roster better than just about any team in baseball at this point. But it'll be interesting. You never know. I mean, did we expect the Indians or not the Indians, the guardians to be as good, the twins to be as good. Like there's always surprises that happen. Like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, Houston's gotta be still the favorite, but you never know what's going to happen. Like I said, the Yankees aren't bad. I just think if I'm, just worse. with all of this, if if I'm running a baseball franchise, though, I don't think I would give any contract more than six years. Like, they're just not worth the risk. I was thinking that with Aaron Judge, with his age, his injury history, like I just a t- a nine year contract just seems ridiculous to me. And it's like the owners are just forgetting that the future even happens. Like they're so stuck in the moment right now, but like. 
it's just it, it's so baseball so different than like basketball or the NFL where they're wanting these short-term contracts where they can be free agents and constantly have this leverage in baseball. They're, they're wanting to lock up for the guaranteed money. And I think part of the problem is the, the players have too much power, right? Like you, because all of these contracts are fully guaranteed. So you want to lock up for as long for the maximum amount possible because they can't cut you, you know, like there's gotta be, if you're going to do this, there's gotta be some sort of out at some point. Um, but yeah, these contracts are getting a little, a little ridiculous in baseball at this point. And they're getting them and that's somebody's going to ask it. And maybe they're going <clears> to <throat> until it's... everybody kind of just stops. You know, I even think about Mookie Betts leaving the Red Sox. Like he made it clear he wanted to stay in Boston, but he wouldn't give him a hometown discount. And he's asking for $400 million. You know, I mean, at some point you have to just kind of say, sorry, like it's not going to happen. But the problem is somebody will pay him. You know, I mean, he didn't get $400 million from the Dodgers, but what'd he get like 15 years and 365 or something? I mean, 13 years. Okay. Whatever. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like at some point, like everybody has to kind of to buy in and I don't know when it's going to happen. Maybe when Scott Boris has a heart attack and maybe that'll make things different. I don't know. That guy just gets money for people, I guess. Well, well, at some point it's got to stop. But uh, next season you have a player who is um, Max Scherzer and um, Matt Olson rolled into one, and so like we'll see what they do with that because that guy's might earn two contracts with Shohei Otani, who's going to be hitting free agency next year. Uh, that guy might get sixty million a year, and that might be worth it for what for what he produces. That, that that guy might get European soccer money, man. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, can he do it forever? I don't know. Like, I mean, we yeah. don't know. He's done it for two years. Like, granted, he's done it for two years, but he's done it for two years. Like, nobody gets into the Hall of Fame after two years, ever. Like, and the first year, he wasn't that great at either. Like, he was okay, but he wasn't that great in his first year, and everybody forgets real fast. I'm just saying I wouldn't drop that kind of money. Not worth it. All right, just say it. Somebody's <laughs> going to, though. His his comps over the last two years as a pitcher he's Max Scherzer as a hitter he's Matt Olson like as two very good players I get it over two seasons I've seen it happen a lot when we're he's somebody's going to drop him a twelve year contract and is he going to be that good at what point have you seen something that's value worth that like it's not worth it that's the you, but see that right there and there I'd spend him spend. I'd give him sixty million dollars a year for five years yeah therein is the thing. Five That's years. the problem with these 12-year contracts is by the time someone's proven that they are you know worth the money year after year you've they're old, they're too old to where you don't want to give them that long of a contract you shouldn't but when they're young enough to where like you'd want to keep them that long that you it's a total gamble you don't know if they're going to be that good for that long so that that right there is a good explanation as to why these contracts are so like just nonsensical. And again, that's the problem with free agency. You're playing, you're paying for who a player was, not who they're going to be. Right. And that's, and you didn't again, get the was. You're, you're never going to get value in free agency. You're always going to overpay. Absolutely. The Red Sox have gotten more out of Mookie bets money wise than the Dodgers will probably ever get. Like the Red Sox got an MVP season and a real world series championship, not a Mickey Mouse Junior League one. Um, you know, I mean, so just saying. 
I don't remember seeing the ears on the commissioner's trophy that they gave to the Dodgers. Look, oh, look the did. same as all the looks, other trophies. Looks just like a World Series. I think trophy. it says. I think it says like short season single A on the on the bottom. Well, or something. I don't think it says anything. It I think it like says. Uh, 20, I think it says twenty twenty World. Yeah, that's exactly what it says on it. Uh, with an asterisk, yeah. and this is twenty twenty. No, 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 this no, was just, a Mickey Mouse like... slow pitch softball season. So it says somewhere yeah. in the in the. You look it up. It's written on a rock in Ireland or something. something like I, I think it just says World Series champs here. Um, yeah. We'll talk a little bit more baseball later later on as we get closer to the season. I do want to talk about rule changes with you guys and get your thoughts on that as we start to get into some of it. And then we also have World Baseball Classic coming up. So there's lots of baseball that we'll continue to talk about. If you like that we're talking about soccer and that we talked about soccer, we're not talking about soccer anymore, that we talked about soccer and that we're... And that we're not don't like that we're talking baseball. Sorry, this is not the podcast for you because we're going to talk a lot of baseball. It's just it's just going to happen. Um, but thanks everybody for listening. We appreciate you all. If you have anything that you want to hear, comment on the Facebook page. Send us an email: samahornpodcast at gmail You know how to find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on iHeartRadio, Spotify, pretty much anywhere. We're we're all over the place, and yet we're nowhere at the same time. You know, that's us. <laughs> Everywhere and nowhere, all the same time. Yes. I like it. Yeah, we're, we're like we're like Santa Claus. So um, <laughs> Merry Christmas to everybody. We appreciate you all coming in and hope that you have a happy holiday season with your families. And thanks for listening. Have, have a great weekend, everyone. Merry Christmas, all. We out.